Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, guys. Bill Spadia here. Welcome back to The Speaking Podcast. I want to thank my friends at Flemington Car and Truck Country. My friend Steve Califer runs an outstanding business, and I want to thank them for continuing to sponsor this conversation every single week. Uh, this is part of our hashtag speaking COVID version of the podcast, where we try to bring you the resources that you need as we are still going through. At the time of this recording, day 347 of 15 days to stop the spread. Wow, remember the old days. Joining me today is Eleanor Lecter. She is the executive director of Contact of Mercer. This is a mental health resource organization. Their website is contactofmercer.com. And I thought it'd be great to ask Eleanor. Org. org. Did I get them? I got the website wrong. Boom, right out of the gate. All right. It's contactofmercer.org. Uh, that'll certainly be in the post. And if, uh, let me say this before we get started. They are available. You can go on the website and get the contact information. If you are struggling with any mental health issues, they are a resource for you. So Eleanor, let's jump right into it. Um, you know, as I said, I mean, as of this recording, day 347, we're, we're fast approaching a year in a lockdown. And um, I want to ask you first, what is the stress on a person and a family with this isolation? And does it affect people who are older or younger differently? Well, there's a tremendous amount of stress. And I think it does vary by the, by the age. For young people who uh, talk to us, and most of them are talking to us, not through our local hotline, but through the National Suicide Prevention Line, which we also answer. So those young folks are talking about how they, they really like their family. It's not against their family, but they really want to see somebody else. They want to talk to somebody else. They want to get out. They want to meet people. And here they are day after day, and they're stuck at home and they're feeling like they're losing, they're losing part of their life. What, what do you say? I mean, there, there's an old saying, the, uh, now going back, not just the old days of a year ago, but decades ago, uh, people who talk about suicide are not serious about suicide. And uh, we've since learned that uh, the exact opposite can be true. What are some signs? Let's just talk to parents for a minute. I There's a, a just a couple of horrific stories that we've heard of, of students, high school students taking their own lives um, in between classes. I mean, just a, a horrible, horrible stuff. I can't even imagine the pain and the anguish that some of these parents are going through. And hard to wrap your head around the pain, anguish, and anxiety that these kids who make this irreversible decision. What would you say to parents of, let's say high school kids, where you kind of feel like, hey, my kid's kind of on their own. They're old enough to make decisions. I can go do my thing and, and they're going to be fine. What are signs that parents should look for? Well, I think it's all about listening. It's about listening and hearing. And if, if your child is sounding depressed, you know, I really don't want to do anything anymore. I want to, don't want to go anywhere. I'm sick of this. I'm tired of that. 
take some time and just let them talk. Don't cut them off. And just uh, say, you know, I, I, I really am interested. Uh, tell me, tell me what's going on. I know that these are hard times. So tell me how you're feeling. And if you can get somebody to actually talk and you listen, which means you don't interrupt, you don't tell them they're crazy, you just let them talk, they can often just feel so much better because they're being heard. They're not being- Is that, is that how you operate contact of Mercer? I mean, is that the point yes, of being here for people? Absolutely, it's, it's all about hearing what the person is saying, not jumping in. And if, you're, if you feel like I've got to find a solution, I've got to figure out what to say. No, you don't. Take a breath, take a deep breath and just listen. And then the person, after they unburden themselves with all of the things that are going wrong, and this is a really hard time for kids. It absolutely is because they're really in a kind of a grief that the rest of us really have no idea of because when we were that age, we were certainly not restricted. You know, mm -hmm. we could go to school, we could go out, we could meet friends, we could do all of those things. These kids can't. And so, so there's a lot of loss for kids and just listen to it and then see what you can do to help. But the first, the first thing is listen, 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 even if they're saying it over and over. How does it work when someone calls the hotline? And, and is there a specific number? I mean, there's the National Suicide Hotline. Is there a specific number in New Jersey that people can call if they need someone to talk to? Well, it's the same number, which is 1-800-273-8255. And there's also a crisis chat part of that. So, so you can either talk. And for a lot of young people, talking is very hard. Mm -hmm. They're not accustomed to it. They're really much more accustomed to either texting or chatting. And so yeah. what we have found is many of our younger people are chatting or texting and it's, and they, they certainly are welcome to call, but usually kids don't want to talk. They're so will you, do you have the resources to uh, chat with people and, and do yes. uh, email chat or, or yeah. uh, Snapchat? Or text? Well, we, no, we don't do Snapchat. No Snapchat at uh, contact no. emergency. <laughs> we don't okay. do that. No, but uh, but we we can chat, and it's all through the National Suicide Prevention Line that they have a chat program. So uh, so we have we have volunteers, and, and a lot of our volunteers are very young. They're college students. Mm -hmm. So we have students from Princeton. We have students from TCNJ. We have uh, volunteers from the community. And by the way, that's what that's really what we do. We train volunteers how to listen, how to help, uh, what kinds of resources. So who are you are. looking for? Who are you looking for as far as a resource there? What do you look for in an interview? If people who are listening to this podcast and we'll uh, read what I've posted on the website, nj1015.com slash Bill Spadia, uh, I will post all the numbers and the, and the resources. And the question is, uh, if someone's thinking, you know, I'm a good listener. I'd like yeah. to, what do you look for? If you're a good listener, that's great. We want you. But we also require that you take our 40-hour training program. Okay. And we will. What does be that entail? 
Well, that's uh, 10 weeks of basically three hours a night. We talk about all of the different mental health issues. We have outside speakers, and then we do practice. So it's practice, practice, practice on uh, simulated calls. And we'll be starting another training course in September. So if anyone is interested, they can um, go to our website and, um, and look up uh, training and, and we will we'll get back to them. So it's, it's 40 hours over 10 weeks, so four hours yeah. a week, one night? Well, we, well we, add, we add in addition to the, four, to the 10 weeks, we do apprenticeships. And oh, I see. One so on one. three yeah. hours a week. So it's yeah. one night a week. One night a week, yeah. And okay. then after that. So what? tell me, if you can, what would be a typical call? I mean, is some, at what point is, does someone pick up the phone and call? Uh, you know, what would be something that, and how does it resolve? Like, what's the next step? I talk to you for five minutes, 10 minutes. Uh, sometimes it goes longer. And what happens after that? Well, we always invite people to call back. Um, basically, if they're calling and they're, suppose it's somebody like somebody I talked to recently, and I actually spoke to this person on the National Suicide Prevention Line. And he was, he, he started out saying, I'm not suicidal. I'm not thinking about killing myself. I just am having a problem. So, you know, we talked about it. And essentially his problem was, he was uh, the age of a college student. He was home. He, he didn't have a job. He didn't have a place to go. And here he was back home into you know, his, his childhood bedroom and uh, wow. with his parents. And he said, my family's great. It's not about my family, but I wanna get out. I wanna see people my age. And so essentially, after just saying that and allowing him to speak, he felt better for that time. But that, but that doesn't fix. I mean, that doesn't fix it forever. But for that time, he felt better because he knew he wasn't crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I kind of reinforced with him. You know, the, that what he's feeling is is a normal feeling. We've never had a situation like this before in our lifetimes where, you know, suddenly the world stopped and, and it was yeah. very wow. sudden. And so it's really hard for, for, especially for young people because they, it's really the time they want to have more independence and here they are having less independence. Do you, can you help kids who are younger? I mean, what do you, how about middle school? You know, one of the disturbing trends, even pre-lockdown and pre-panic over COVID, there was a disturbing trend of 10, 11, 12 year olds taking their own lives. I mean, middle school kids, I, it's hard to wrap my head around that. That that was not a thing when I was growing up, I, or at least no one talked about it and we didn't know about it, but no. it seems that they're younger and younger. How, how young can you handle? Well, for the people who call us, or they don't really call us on the phone that, that we uh, talk to with, with chat, with our crisis chat program, the youngest we've had is probably around 11, but we have a wow. lot of a lot of them, 12, 13, 14, 15. And basically, it's the same thing. They just want to, to have an opportunity to talk. And a lot of them are um, unfortunately being bullied over Internet games and Internet um, 
sources. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very hard for them to get some positive feedback. And, and so what we try to do is just let them talk, reinforce the good things that they're thinking about doing, and um, you know, just trying to offer resources. How do you handle it if you encounter an abusive situation where a kid calls them there? I mean, I'm sure that's happened. Uh, what's what's the protocol for that? Well, if if a child calls and says that they're being abused, well, then we talk to them further. And if if it's an abuse, a serious abuse situation, we will reach out for additional help with that particular call or chat. Social uh, services, law enforcement, yeah, combination. Yeah. I mean. Uh, we also handle calls. They're, they're really from calls and chats from across the country, and it depends on the state. It depends on uh, you know. So just because you're contact of Mercer, if if you're listening to this and you live in Bergen County or across the river in Pennsylvania, the hotline's available. You are a center that can handle it. But how many people do you have staffing your um, call center? <laughs> well, we basically have one person on the phones at a time. But we have a pool of about 200 people in our training. Yeah. Are they in a center or do you sign up to be a volunteer and the call comes to my cell phone while I'm on duty? Well, so here's the the story with that. Um, We were, we, we actually have three different places where we take calls, but all of them were shut down in the uh, pandemic when it started last March. So at this point, we have our volunteers are scattered across the country. Many of them are college students and they take these calls on their own cell phones. (laughs) So, so it's, uh, we've, we've had to kind of make things up as we've gone along. How how are we going to do this? I mean, we were based in a certain location, which we do keep confidential, but we were based there and then suddenly we were not based there anymore. So yeah. So it's, I'm glad I asked that because that's yeah. something that, you know, with all this remote stuff yeah. uh, and, and you, I must imagine there's some technology that the, the cell phone number of the person answering it doesn't get shared. Um, well, yeah, it's an, uh, a confidential service. So so that um, even if we were to see their telephone number, I mean, we don't we don't uh, we don't call people back. I mean, the volunteers shouldn't worry that their cell phone gets out. Oh, right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Because so let me ask you. People to just calling other, calling our volunteers. Elder, do, you, do you find that people who volunteer have something relatable that happened in their life? Either they overcame something or have a friend or relative who suffered. Do you find there's a, a personal drive for the people that volunteer to help? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> there are people that feel like you know, I've been through this or people that have been touched by suicide in their family mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they, um, you know, they deal with that and then they feel like I want to give back. I don't want somebody else to go through this. So absolutely. And it's, it's really a wonderful way for people to help others in a very structured way for a certain time period of a couple of hours. And then there, there's nothing beyond that. So it's, so we're not asking people to, to take on somebody else's issues or somebody else's problems. We're asking them to do the best they can when they talk to someone. And then that's, that's their, 
commitment. Now, how did how does it work? So you got let's say you've got a Jersey college kid heads out to California for college, stays on as a volunteer, signs up and and gets a call. Is there any reporting back to authorities at your organization? Like, hey, I just had this call and uh, this is how I've offered to follow up and help. Like, what's the follow up? Well, uh, so most of our people now are remote. And so your question is, is very apropos to the situation. So basically, most of the calls are, stri- are strictly listening and helping while you're on the phone. Then we, you know, obviously everybody has computers and so forth. So we will look up referrals. If somebody calls from another state, we'll look up a referral in that state. And we, we do keep track of where we refer people, but we mm-hmm. don't follow up on them. It's, it's not like, a, like having your own personal counselor where that person you okay. know, is gonna follow you. We're just, we're sort of like first responder type people. First responders of mental health. That's a great way to characterize it. That's Um, really what it is. Are you you concerned about the future? I mean, I I have to believe you're busier now than than you were before this lockdown. Uh, What are your concerns going forward? Well, for us, we're volunteer service and we're always concerned. Are we going to get enough volunteers? However, I will say that people are responding. I mean, people really do want to help. Not everybody, but but a lot of people want to help, and they're they're willing, especially, I believe, during a, a, a pandemic when they're home anyway, they really have more time than when they're up and up and out and about and so forth. So, um, I'm not really a worrier. I mean, I'm hoping for the future. I'm hoping we can uh, fund our program for the future. And How do you get funded? How do you get funded? Is it okay, government? Is so it private? We get, we're a private nonprofit. We get fund, some funding from Mercer County. It does not cover um, our, our program. And then we, we do an annual gala, which you'll have to come to our annual gala. I would love to. Okay. Eleanor, I, I want to help you as much as possible. I think oh, it's okay. such a tremendous That's- resource. I, I am, you know, I was, had no, not touched personally, but, but in our school system, my, my kids went through the Princeton public school system mm-hmm. and always struck me. There was a memorial at the middle school for a, a young kid who, um, who took their own life. And I thought that just shouldn't be, that's just so horrific to me to think of a kid that hasn't even started life. My God, middle school, I can't remember middle school, right? Uh, And your perspective is so, so limited at that point. You have no idea all the good things that could be on the other side. And um, when I heard about what you were all doing and I thought this madness of the lockdown has got to end soon, people are, you know, we've crossed the line into where it was to protect public health. And now you've gone into such severe damage of public health when it comes to our mental health. And I think too often mental health gets left in the dust because you can't see it. It's hard to quantify it. When it someone is, is sick and give a medicine, um, when someone is suffering mentally, many people who are suffering mentally are good fakers and liars and they, they deceive themselves sometimes and they don't realize and then boom, you hit a wall. So this is, um, this is something I want to continue working with you and helping you oh, and I'd be happy. Be I'd part be of the gala and help that. you raise some money. I want to. Yeah. I would be very happy about that. And we, we get donations. And so we're, we're starting this program for the future uh, called listening for tomorrow. So um, 
L-I-F-T, not, not, not uh, car rides for tomorrow, but listening for tomorrow. <laughs> listening for tomorrow. Yeah. Well, Eleanor, I, that's all the time I have today, but it was great talking to you. Thank, Thank you, you for too. your passion for this important cause and your energy and your, uh, the, the, the thought process that goes behind it. And thanks for sharing some of the inside workings. I'm hoping from this, people who need help, We'll call the Suicide Prevention Hotline. Uh, if they are thinking about volunteering, you are, I'm sure you could use 100 more volunteers in the next couple of weeks. Just go to contactofmercer.org. Yeah. Got it. Thank you so much, and we'll keep in touch. We'll be in touch for sure. You take care, Eleanor. Right. Thank you. you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.